I've mentioned this in other episodes, but clients want to feel like they're in good hands. They want to feel taken care of. And so many times we just want to be told what to do. When it's your area of expertise, tell us what you need from us in order to do your work. The role is not, and I'll say this so many times, it is not boss to employee. The proper role between a client and a freelancer should be business to business. Welcome to the Live, Work, Travel podcast. I'm your host, Michonne Thomas, a former middle school teacher who quit at 30 to become a six-figure freelancer and digital nomad instead. You're in the right place if you're ready to learn how freelancing can help you to work from anywhere, make great money, and live a life that you design. I'm sharing everything I've learned to get to where I am today in order to support you on your journey, because this lifestyle is simply too good not to share. In today's episode, I want to talk about a few things that you can do as a freelancer when it comes to winning jobs on Upwork and also sort of following up, closing out with a client if you did not get the job on Upwork. So this will kind of be just like a pretty quick episode, dropping in a few things here and there, starting off with being quick to submit a proposal for the job. Now, many clients on Upwork do hire quite fast. If it's gone by like, you know, more than a week, typically many times that client has forgotten about the job post or they're not quite ready to hire, they're dragging their feet, a little nervous, or maybe it is a kind of a corporate-y company who is used to a long drawn out hiring process and they're new to using Upwork and they're just really not sure what they're doing. But many times, I think the average is like between three and five days. Like clients, when they post something on Upwork, they're looking to make a decision and hire quickly. This goes down, like that average time goes down when it is a quick job, like when something is wrong and they just need something fixed and they need it done really fast. Now, I on the podcast really urge you guys to work on getting ongoing clients, right? Long-term, ongoing, not doing the gig type stuff, which requires you to get repeat clients over and over and over. However, if that's your jam and that's what you're doing, totally fine. You do really want to be quick about submitting a proposal to a job because the client is just looking to get their issue solved and solved quick. With that in mind, you're going to want to stay online once you've just bid for the job. I've had scenarios that go like this. I need something fixed on my website. It's been hanging over my head for two, three weeks, however long. I finally get around to, you know what? All right, I'm going to put a job post up and I'm going to get somebody and I'm going to hire them and I'm going to get this done. I'll post a job. It's like XYZ is broken on my website. You need to know WordPress. Like, can you just fix this for me? Put a button in, take a button away. Just little simple stuff. I'll submit that. I'll leave the window open and I'll go off and do something else and I'll forget about it. And then 20 minutes later, oh yeah, yeah, I posted that job. There should be some applicants now. And sure enough, for quick, simple thing, there may be 20 applicants already. And they're like, hey, yep, I can do that for you. Let me know. When do we start? Yada, yada. And I'll just pick one. I'll pick somebody who is online. And that is the key. When you submit a proposal for a job, stick around for a while in case the client is still on and wants to move rapidly. I've seen so many people who have submitted the thing. And I do sometimes try to use the honor system when I have people bid for a job. I'll be like, okay, this person bid first. I'm not going to interview for this job or whatever. It's really quick. It's really easy. I just want it done. So yeah, I'll just pick the first person who looks like they've got some skills. And I'll go to that person and be like, hey, are you still online? Can you start now? And crickets because they've bid for the job and then they've signed off 
and gone away. So then I'll go to the next person on the list. Hey, are you around right now? Can you start? And the first person that answers and says, yeah, I'm still here. I can start right now is the person who gets the work. Now, again, we're talking about something where I've looked over what they submitted and they all have the appropriate amount of skills, right? They all can do the job. I'm not just picking people completely at random. But yeah, the first person to kind of answer and be around sometimes is the one that wins the work. This is especially important if the client wants to get started right away and they need to be online as the same time as you in order to give you credentials. So if someone's fixing something on my website, I have to give them their developer login. I have to give them any other details. And usually I give them a write-up of what I want done. I've already like pre-written this and put it in a Google doc. And it's like, here, I want you to look this over and make sure that you can log in. And then I'm going to peace out for the day. And But I want them to be able to work on stuff while I'm gone. The last thing a client wants is, hey, I've hired you for this. It should only take maybe an hour. I'm going to sign off, come back the next day. And they're like, oh, I couldn't log in. It didn't work. He's staying online to bid for the job, hopefully get it right away if it's something quick and then get the credentials and stuff sorted out and get logged in so that you can actually get to work is key. And I have seen many people lose out on a job because of that. And they'll come back later and be like, oh, I'm so sorry. Like, please, please, please. Can I have the work? And it's like, I'm sorry, dude, I hired someone else. Like that was like four hours ago and the work is done. Like the work's in progress slash done by now. So bid for stuff and stick around for it. The other thing that you can do with that is to evaluate when you're submitting your proposal, whether the job is a quick one-off quick thing or not, right? So the more intensive a job is, the more intensive your proposal should be to match. But some people go way overboard with a quick little job. They'll submit their proposal and then they'll have a call to action at the end. So let me talk about these for a second. Call to action, a CTA for short, is you're inviting the other person on the other end to do something. And you'll see this everywhere. You'll get emails. It's an advertising, like they want you to take an action. And so at the end, it'll be like, click the learn more button to learn more or click the buy now button or respond to this email and let me know what you think or reach out on my DMs and say hello, you know, whatever. Those are calls to action. You're moving the other person to take action. Well, a lot of people put calls to action in their Upwork proposals that I've seen. And a lot of them are crap, in my opinion. Here's why. A lot of people do tell the client what to do next. It's just the wrong thing. And again, this is my opinion. This can work potentially in some circles, but it does not work for me ever. The person will invite me to book a call as the call to action, right? It'll say, I can do this for you. This will be no problem. It'll take about an hour. Why don't we jump on a call for 15 minutes to discuss? And so many people do that. Or they'll say the next step would be to send me your Zoom link. We can hop on a call. In my opinion, this probably does work with a lot of people. I don't know. I hate calls. I hate calls. I hate meetings. I think they're all a waste of time. If we could solve something in three messages, why would we get on a 15 minute call? And by the way, if we can't solve this thing in three messages, then we have a problem because it's pretty simple. I know exactly what I want. I know what I want you to do. And all I need from you is can you do this? Can you not do this? Let's go. So I would suggest examining what you're putting at the end of your proposal in terms of your call to action. What are you trying to get the client to do? And if it's jump on a call and you're not getting a lot of responses, that might be why. As a client, when I see let's jump on a call, I don't know, just like something clenches. <laughs> like it's not good. I'm like, oh, 
God, I do not want to get on the call. And I just think it's going to be a lot of work. Now I got to look at my calendar. I got to decide when I've got 15 minutes available. I got to turn on my camera. I got to talk to somebody I don't know. I don't want to do that. Like, is anybody else like me? Like, I don't know. Like, just like you'll do anything to not be on the phone or not be on a call. That's how I am. So I am much more in the realm of succinct and simple conversation. We live in a day and age where we can communicate across time zones. We don't have to be on at the same time. So why put in the effort to do a call? And in my opinion, most people don't do calls very well. Information can get lost verbal. So it's like remembering versus actually putting things down in text. So I would strongly encourage you to see if you can put a call to action in your proposal that tells the client exactly what to do next. And it's simple for them. And scheduling a call is not simple. It's hassle, especially keep in mind if I work from home. I'm not used to having anybody else around. I maybe didn't shower that morning. I haven't done my hair. I've definitely not put on makeup. I'm just like in my pajamas practically. Like I don't really want to speak to another human being right now. So here's how I would approach that instead. Lay out exactly what you need from the client. I'm putting myself in the freelancer shoes now. Client needs some work done on their WordPress. Awesome. I know WordPress inside now. I know I can do this for them. I'm going to send, do my proposal with, hey, I can do this for you. This is going to take approximately two hours. I'm going to need these three things. I'm going to need your developer login. I'm going to need a detailed description of what you've got done if they haven't already sent that to you. And I would love to look over the information while you're still online. That'll take about 10 minutes and ensure that I can log in and then you can log off and I'll have this for you tomorrow morning at 10 a.m., whatever it is. I'm going to send that to the client and that's going to be so much more effective than can we jump on a call because we don't need to. I've just saved the time, the client time. I've told them exactly what they need to do. And they're like, they get to my proposal and all the other proposals are yada, yada, yammering on. And I'm just like, boom, yeah, here's how we do it. Here's how we that's effective. I've mentioned this in other episodes, but clients want to feel like they're in good hands. They want to feel taken care of. And so many times we we just want to be told what to do. When it's your area of expertise, tell us what you need from us in order to do your work. The role is not, and I'll say this so many times, it is not boss to employee. The proper role between a client and a freelancer should be business to business. I am a business in need of a service, and you are a business that provides a service. My business needs WordPress help with my website. Your business provides WordPress help and it's your job to go, hey, I need these things from you in order to be able to do what I do well. That should be the feeling. That should be the vibe that you're getting across. That is going to help the client feel like, boom, got it. This person knows exactly what's up and I can get that to them. And here we go. We roll. And it helps to put time limits on stuff because as a client, I know that if I can just give you 10 minutes of my time right now, Boom, sort it. You'll take care of the other stuff and I'll come back and it'll be all done. Another thing, when it comes to not getting the job, do not get discouraged if you don't get a job on Upwork, but do try tweaking things to see what you can do better in the future. So I would definitely play around with your CTAs. I'm not the biggest fan of platforms. It's applying for a job, sending out a proposal, applying for a job, whatever. It's different from taking matters into your own hands and going after your clients, but I've talked about that enough. When you are applying for jobs, when you are sending out proposals, approach it as a science. Keep track of which ones seem to work and which ones don't seem to work. And you should be testing and tweaking things each time. I don't know if 
Some of you know about A-B testing, but sometimes in email marketing, a company will send half their emails to half of their list with one subject line, the A subject line, right? And then they'll send half of their list, the B subject line, and they'll test the subject lines to see which one works best, which one gets more attention, which one gets more opens. And of course, it doesn't apply just to emails. It applies to everything, different versions of websites, different versions of all kinds of stuff. So try that with your proposals to clients as well. Try sending one CTA and then try sending another one on similar jobs and see what gets more action, right? Like what gets more results and track that kind of stuff. The goal should be to always be improving. Now, when you don't get a job, if you have had some back and forth with a client, right? But maybe they end up going with someone else. Or if you interviewed with a client and you didn't get the job, do ask for feedback. Respectfully reach out and say, hey, always trying to improve my skills. Can you let me know any feedback that I might've done better for the next time, right? And then take that feedback. 90% of people don't do this. A few do. And even though it's more work for me, and even though it's like, oh gosh, I got one more thing to do. I got to remember to give that person feedback. I do make sure I do it because the fact that they took the time to ask sets them apart from most of the other freelancers out there. And I do want to help them and I do want to support them on in their journey. Not all clients are going to do that and that's fine, but you lose nothing by asking. And sometimes you'll get interesting stuff back. A few times I've just done a couple of quick sentences. Other times I've stopped and actually recorded an audio and actually said to them, here's what went down and this is how it laid out, right? Many times it is not your fault per se. It's just how things shook out. One, sometimes it's a gut feeling, it's intuition. I have had situations where I've had amazing people, various options, and it's really hard. This happened when I hired some marketing help recently, and I had just blown away by the proposals that I got. Every person I interviewed with, like the very first person I interviewed, I thought, wow, this is it. She's going to be amazing. She's going to be great. Interview with the next person. It's like, wow, this could work too. Next person. Wow. Oh my gosh. What am I going to do? How am I going to make a choice? And it just so happened that the fourth person was a gut level match, just like an intuition match, energy match, like just everything said, this is the right person. None of the three people in the beginning did anything wrong. It's just like that sometimes, right? It's like dating. (laughs) We don't click with everybody and many Many times we can't explain why, especially if you've ever dated someone who was perfect on paper, but there just wasn't that connection. Same thing happens in hiring. We hire people we like, we hire people we connect with, we hire people that we have the intuition, the gut feeling that they will get the job done. So sometimes you can't help it. And it's not a personal thing just because you don't click with someone. You know, I don't click with everyone. There's no way that I would be the right fit for every client out there, right? There's specific ones that vibe with me and I vibe with them and we do amazing work together, but not everyone, not by a long shot. And sometimes it's just chance. In addition to the gut check kind of thing, I once had a situation where I flipped a coin because I was stuck. I had three great candidates for an editing position and I had gone through a test round project where I eliminated a large group of candidates down to those three, gave all three a second test project. They all did amazing. And I truly couldn't decide. Like each one had some pros and cons, but they were all of a high caliber. And it ended up with picking names out of a hat and then the coin toss, really. Put all three names in, pulled out two, and those were the two that went on to the coin toss and then ended up with the last one. So sometimes like it it literally just comes down to random chance. There's one more thing that I want to talk about before going, and I know that I've mentioned this in other episodes, but it fits in with this one. So I'm going to mention it again here now. You should always be following up 
with those clients. Even though you didn't get the job, there's no reason that they shouldn't be an amazing contact for you and you shouldn't get something out of them down the road, whether that's work with them, whether that's them referring you on to someone else that they know, maintain that contact. And other people will either just completely not do this at all, or they'll reach out and say stuff like, do you have any work for me? Which is a terrible way to hop in with that client. It's awful. What you really want to be doing is putting them into a rotation where you reach out every so often and you check in with something meaningful. It's going to sound kind of rude, but it's not meaningful to just leave a message that says, hey, I hope you're doing well. Happy holidays. Yeah, that's that's generic. Anyone can do that. And it's also not meaningful to just say, hey, do you have any work? More meaningful is taking the time to stop, to craft a paragraph and say, hey, just wanted to check in and let you know that I've been following along on your Instagram or your progress or your podcast, whatever it is. And things are doing really great. Like I've learned a lot from you. And of course, if this isn't my business, if it's just somebody else's business, say, pick something meaningful that you can see that they've done since the last time you've checked in. That just sounds really cool. And everyone likes to know that their progress is being noticed. So seeing that you're doing this, that's fantastic. I've been leveling up on my skills and I noticed that you've got X, Y, Z that I could potentially help with. Are you interested in doing something there? Like, don't just do the generic, do you have any work? Find something that they possibly need that you could fill the gap and reach out to them asking for that in specific. All right. Well, that's it for today's episode. I hope this one was useful. Please do check out my weekly newsletter at escapehatchnews.com. In that, I'm sending out live, work, and travel tips every week to help you design a life that you love, earn more through freelancing, and of course, giving you advice on how to travel the world. As always, you can get a hold of me through email at hello at liveworktravel.com, or you can reach out on Instagram at liveworktravelig. Thanks for listening. I'll be back next Monday with another episode. Until then, Take care of yourself.